June 18th, 2022, another edition of Sean's show. I am Sean. This is my show. Thank you for tuning in with us. I want to get started by saying happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Big day for me. It's my first Father's Day. I was super excited. Woke up this morning, looked at my son. I said, damn, can't believe I created something so good looking, man. What a blessing. Happy Father's Day to all my people. I've got a very, very special guest with me here this afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, give a warm welcome to Trin. How you doing, Trin? <laughs> Let's go. Uh, so exciting. I am doing supreme. Good. I have been very excited. Um, I've been counting down to this day. Good. This is my very first time doing the podcast. Let's go. Yep. Are you excited? I am super excited. I, I have told every single person in my family and my boyfriend's family they all know about this and good. they're gonna go ahead and listen and subscribe to um your podcast for sure good yes the pressure is on yes a okay. little bit you okay. better do your best <laughs> well we're gonna have a good one yes i am absolutely excited to have you here it has been some time in the making um i want to say i probably asked you if you would like to be a guest at the beginning of the year, if not yes. the end of 2021, maybe? Yes, I think it's the beginning of this year. Okay. Yes. It's been a while. It's really been a while. Whenever you um, invited me over, um, Carrie was there. Carrie was our old co-worker. Okay. Or I mean, my old co-worker. She was jealous. She was like, why didn't you invite me over? Oh. I have different perspective, too. <laughs> Uh, yeah did you think about that will you invite her over uh carrie is more than welcome to come on so if you're listening sure. carrie you are also welcome to come on the podcast did you see that carrie i got you in <laughs> everyone is welcome on the podcast <laughs> i want as many people as possible um it did take some time obviously it was more or less uh just me and i guess getting the courage to get people over so again thank you for committing so early Thank you for staying committed, and thank you for being here today, Miss Trin. It's a pleasure to have you. So typically, Trin, um, at, at least for the last couple of episodes, I have been starting off with some current events. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to do away with that this episode, though, because it, it seems like uh, every week that I've done that, there's been a reoccurring theme of like, yo, there is a lot of bad stuff going on in the world right now. Oh, yeah. I would rather focus on all the positive stuff, right? There's also a lot of positive stuff going on in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, I so like that. Right? So instead of getting into all the negative, the war, famine, climate change, right? Like, we, we all know that's a daily part of our lives. Mm -hmm. As long as we're actively working to make it better, yeah. there's no need to touch on all that stuff. But I do have a question. Um, so <laughs> you yourself... Are from Vietnam, correct? Yes. Okay. Where exactly in Vietnam? I was born in Dung Ang City, which okay. is on the outskirts of Ho Chi Minh City. Okay. I think Ho Chi Minh City is more popular because it's a major city in my country. Okay. It's in the south of Vietnam. Okay. Is mm -hmm. that the capital or what is the capital of Vietnam? The capital is Hanoi City. Okay. Yes. It's in the north. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're from the south? Yes. Okay. Let me ask you this. What is, because here in the United States, news, like our news outlets, it's almost like drama TV sometimes, right? It like, could be. Like I, uh, I prefer to get my news online and to be able to digest it that way rather than watching it on TV because I almost feel like I'm watching a reality series. 
sometimes, right? Whether it's CNN, Fox News, whatever the channel is, Mm -hmm. they all kind of have their own bias, right? Yes, for sure. Let me ask you this. In Vietnam, what is the news like over there? So um, it has to do a little bit with government system, I think, because here in the United States, we have two major parties. So whenever the news come out on TV, on the media, it's going to be either on the right or on the left, right? That's what I usually hear from people here. Mm -hmm. But in Vietnam, we only have um, one major government. So we're a socialist country. And whenever the news are out, it's it's typically neutral to my opinion. In my opinion, I think it's pretty neutral because it's not swayed by this party, by that party. There is just one government. So that's the plus about it. But um, the cons is that I think not necessarily all the time the truth is going to be reviewed completely or entirely. Okay. There could be some part that they don't want the citizens to know um, or something like that. Okay. Now, is the media controlled by the government, kind of like it is in China where they have their own, or even in North Korea, right, where they have their own media control or government-controlled media, right, that's uh-huh. responsible for reporting the news? Is that the same case in Vietnam? Uh, pretty much the same case. Okay. Uh, we do have some kind of private business that start their own thing too. Okay. But there are also national channels on TVs. And um, our national channels usually are the ones that have the most uh, views by people. Okay. But I think it's probably the same case in other countries too. Uh, I assume that the government want to have some sort, to some extent, a control over the media. So that way the citizens, you know, won't be chaotic, won't be so confused by what news they are put out there. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, so born in Vietnam, right outside of Ho Chi Minh City. Right. Um, where you were born specifically, is that like a more rural area or is that a more developed area, kind of like where we're at now here in Angelo? Um, it's like... San Angelo to Dallas. Okay. Yes. Okay. So we have more agricultural fields and stuff like that. Our okay. signatures are wine and rice. Really? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You come from good wine and good rice. Yes. Know how to party. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Um, yeah. So I think for someone like me, right, that hasn't experienced other parts of the world, mm-hmm. hearing, right, because in, in my imagination and from what I've experienced, it's all limited to movies, what I've seen on the internet, right? Uh, and what I've read, right? And so mm-hmm. sometimes I can forget that, like, there are other developed parts of the world. Yes. Just like ours, where they're out partying, they have a sprawling nightlife downtown, uh-huh. right? And I, yeah. I, I kind of get culture shocked when I hear that sometimes. One of the things that I think you might find interesting is that we have 63 provinces in my country and each province will have their signatures so like in the city where i was where i was born our signatures um are wine and rice right but in um let's say bunjer another city which is uh close to us their signatures are coconut and hmm. candies coconut and sweets yes okay yes does coconut grow n- naturally over there um Yes, yes. And, you know, the land, the type of land they have there and the type of weather, water and everything else, just, you know, a great nurture environment for coconuts. Okay. So it's got to be along the Gulf then right there Mm. towards the, what would that be, the east of Vietnam? 
the let's let's say uh towards more towards the western towards the west yeah okay. the western side of okay thailand's to the west right they're your yes. neighbor to the yes. west okay uh did you ever travel to thailand as a kid or was you were you kind of just in vietnam wait hold on north south east west yeah that's right okay oh you were right. i gotta do the same thing sometimes <laughs> goodness i'm very bad at directions no i haven't been to thailand before but okay. when i was an exchange student um in Michigan, that was high school. Okay. I have I had a friend who's from Thailand. Okay. She was from Bangkok, and I learned a lot from her. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And just even though y'all are like next door neighbors essentially, I'm sure there were some big cultural differences from Thailand to Vietnam. Vietnam. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think in Thailand, um, they are, they have like a like a faster pace. Okay. Of life and um. In the capital, I think they are more developed too. It's funny because they're neighbors, and we're usually joking. Oh, our neighbor is racing in ahead of us right now. <laughs> yeah, that's just kind of like a push for us. Then I guess. Um, but yeah, I wish I, or I mean, I hope I will have a chance to go there. The beaches are beautiful. I like to try their street food. I think their street food is a big part of their cuisine and their cultures. Yep. Because if you you know look up any Thai Thailand related videos. The street foods will pop up for sure. That and the beaches. Yeah. They have some beautiful beaches. Yes. Yeah. Thailand would definitely be a must visit for me too. Yeah. Um, so born in Vietnam. Now you've you've already mentioned that you were an exchange student or you are currently an exchange student. Um, let me ask you this. What was growing up in Vietnam like? Mm-hmm. And when did you actually leave Vietnam to start the foreign exchange program? Uh, yes. So this is my personal um, personal experience. Everybody will be different, so mm-hmm. I hope that there's no generalization uh, of how it's like to be in my country because everybody has their different background, even though we were born in the same country. Absolutely. So for me, growing up in a very small town, it's just like here. We, ha- we are very um, community-oriented. Okay. Yes. So one of the main differences between Eastern and Western culture is we are more community-oriented collectivism, whereas in the Eastern countries in America, we're more individualistic. Um, so back then, I, always, I was always taught to put the elders, people, the other people first. So the best good for the best amount of people. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I always went to public school, and we have thousands and thousands of, of, of kids there. Um, At the public school? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I went to big public schools. Thousands? Yes, thousands. It sounds crazy to you, isn't it? That's insane. Yes. So I had a lot of friends, and in one class, we usually have like 40, 40 kids. Yes, for one teacher. And is that all the same grade, or do you have multiple classes for the same grade? We have multiple classes for the same grade. Typically, on average, 10 or 11 or 12. Yeah. Individual classes for the same grade. Yes. And those, all of those classes have 40 plus kids in them. Yes. Holy moly. Yes. Sometimes 45. That is the highest number in at my time. So it it could be sink or swim in an environment like that yes and there is only one teacher who is take control of that um of that class yeah 
it's, it's like that. It's not like you're going to different classes and meeting different teachers. It's yeah. like that in here, right? Yep. Because I went to high school and it was like that. Um, but in my country, you have one major teacher who who is in charge of that whole class. And whenever you get to, let's see, middle school or high school, there will be teachers for other subjects. But in elementary school, one teacher teaches everything. Math, literature, yeah. And I mean, and to an extent, right, like uh, in elementary school, that's how it is. I don't know that when I was in elementary school, we were really switching teachers. Mm-hmm. But even though we only had one teacher for the classroom, yeah. it was like 10, 15 kids max. Oh. Nowhere close to 40. So I can't imagine, uh, especially here, right, and, and I don't know what it looks like over there, uh, but here, mm-hmm. you know, the big concern, especially at that age, is development. And for your kids that aren't developing as quick as the pack is, you know, they get lost in a class of 10 to 15. I can't imagine what that looks like over in a class of 40 where you have kids that maybe have learning disabilities, social disabilities. Is that something that, is that a problem over in Vietnam? I don't think it's as common as it is here. Really? Yes, I don't think that's the case. Um, education is emphasized in my country for sure. It's okay. an important part in every country. But, um, you know, outside of the main classrooms, the parents will also take them to extra classes. Huh. So for the kids who aren't catching up, they will go there. They have a chance to catch up and stuff like that. But sometimes it's a pressure for them. Yeah. So recently on the news, it's a very sad story. Um, there is a there was a boy. He was in middle school or high school or, or you know around that age, and he just he was just studying in the room. His dad was there monitoring him, supervising him, uh-huh. and he the the kid he wrote the letter, the last words for his parents, oh, and man. he jumped right out the window, the balcony of his house. Yes. Of his own house. So he wrote a suicide letter with his dad in the same room as him. Yes. His dad couldn't believe it. The kid told him, hey, dad, come over here and and look at this. At first, the dad didn't really pay attention, you know. He didn't really know what was going on. And then he, I don't think he could react that quick because the kid just like ran it to the window and that's it. It was the studying pressure that was put on him. Oh, my goodness. Yes, the pressure, the peer pre- pressure, uh, family pressure on having good grades, yep. you know, so there is definitely the best side to it. Uh, but the good side is uh, we tend to put a lot of, um, you know, uh, deep studying. So whenever I study math in there, it was much harder than in here. Yeah. So whenever I came to the America... I didn't have any problem studying math okay. because it was so much harder in my country. Okay. Um, like the way that they teach you the math? The knowledge that you have to learn. Okay. Yes, it's much deeper, but um, I wouldn't say it has a lot of practical purposes for average or general population. Exactly. Unless you want to be like a math professor or, you know, dig deep into that field. So I think the curriculum here is is more practical in a sense. Okay. And um, it's crazy that you say that, you know, because the general consensus has always been that Eastern countries are intellectually on a higher level than what we are out here in the West. I think that's always been the general consensus, right, is that, Mm. you know, um, 
whether it's technological advancement, um, you know, kids getting higher level degrees, right, and, and taking jobs in more advanced fields, I think the general consensus has always been that the United States falls short of kind of that global benchmark as far as how educated our kids here are. Um, mm. And again, I think it kind of falls back on that, right, is like we yeah. understand there's a practicality to the things that we're teaching our kids. Mm-hmm. But if you ask anyone here in the United States, I'm willing to bet that more times than not, they're going to tell you that we weren't equipped enough throughout our school years mm. to, to feel prepared in actual adult life, right? Oh, I see. Well, um, being able to compare two education systems, I can see the differences. Both have uh, benefits and drawbacks for sure. It's funny because um, I was in school and whenever we were studying about stereotypes and stuff, Mm -hmm. it's funny because how whenever you see a Japanese person or an Asian person, you'll automatically be like, that one has to be good at math or something like that, right? (laughs) As terrible as that is, that's literally it though. And, And that's the point that I was getting to is like, that's kind of been the idea is if you are of an Eastern ethnicity, mm-hmm. you must be better at math. And, and I don't think that that's a bad thing, right? Like, I'm terrible at math. I would love for people to think that I'm good at math. I'm <laughs> terrible at math. But in the same breath, you know, that this the stereotypes may not always fit. And it could also be offensive. I don't think being good at math would be the one that's offensive, but I'm sure there are plenty that are offensive. Um, yeah, that were, is true. Were they teaching you the stereotypes like back in Vietnam or was that here in the U.S.? Like you were just learning the, the stereotypes. Uh, so psych- psychology is not really like uh, a super huge thing like it is here. Okay. Yeah. In, in Vietnam, Vietnam. Yeah. In okay. Vietnam, it's not that common or developed yet, okay. at least at the point when I left my country to come here. Um. But yeah, I started learning about stereotypes when I was in high school here. Okay. That's when I started to learn about it. It was funny. Um, just that one night I was still in Vietnam, you know, my dad was riding the motorbike. I was behind him. We went to a supermarket for fun. And I was just asking him a bunch of questions about human behavior, their personalities, emotions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I realized, oh, I actually like it. What is it called again? Psychology. And then I just did my research and... um. I think it's a good idea to come here because psychology is very developed here with, you know, lots of research, theories, mm-hmm. a bunch of things for me to learn and explore. And I'm like, yeah, dad, I'm going to go study abroad. And my dad actually supported me. Really? Yes. Okay. When did you make that decision to study abroad? It was in uh, high school, okay. probably 10th grade. Okay. How old would you have been then? Like 15? 16. Really? Yeah, 15 or 16. So you're 15, 16 years old, and you decide, hmm, I want to leave my country, the place that I grew up, where all my family is, and I want to go study in the United States. Mm -hmm. Is that about how it went? Yeah. Okay. It's just that sudden moment when you realized it. Just like how people are in relationships, too. Just that sudden moment, and you're like, yes, I'm going to marry this person. That's the deciding point. That could be a crazy deciding point for, for some people. Um, what does that process look like for a 15 or 16 year old that makes that decision? What do you have to go through to be able to travel and study abroad? 
it was a lot of work for sure. Um, so the U.S. visa, I consider it one of the most difficult visas to get compared to you know Australia, Korean, or our neighbors' country. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to go through a lot of paperwork to get a visa done. I had to do an interview, and they would just check my uh, background, my uh, my family income ability. To make sure that I'll be able to stay in the U.S. to study, and they have to make sure that I will go to the U.S. for a legitimate purpose, which is studying. Mm-hmm. I had to do some of my. Because um, God forbid you come here to sightsee. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to do some testing, okay. like an English certificate, to make sure that my English is good to survive here. Sounds great to me. Yes, <laughs> thank you. I guess I didn't waste my parents' money. Good. Because good, they put good. a lot in it. <laughs> I'm sure they appreciate that. Yes. Um so that's pretty much it. Oh, I need to I needed to get into an exchange student program too. Okay. So uh but I needed to plan ahead of a time, probably like a year or half of a year beforehand. That way I had enough time to prepare for um everything. Okay. And uh let let me ask you this before we go any further. What was your perception of the united states prior to being here what did you think you were about to experience oh uh, okay whenever i was at the airport mm-hmm. i was very very happy really you can see that spark in my eyes i'm like oh finally i'm about to get out of that uh you know old environment i have always been in i get to explore the world and everything Regardless of whatever my parents and all the people around me said about the United States, that oh my gosh, it could be dangerous, you know, terrorism and everything else, I was super excited. I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And um, I didn't have much of my first impression, except for that I think this is a great country for liberty, like um, like free will and, you know, the freedom to express yourself and to develop to the best of your potential. So whenever I got here and just, you know, just um, a few days being here, I'm like, liberty and freedom is in the air. That's what I thought. Oh, that's awesome to hear. Yes. Especially, I, I, and again, this is one of the main reasons for doing this podcast in the first place is, is hearing and understanding someone else's perspective of the country that I live in, right? Because right now, we are currently in a position of some pretty awkward growth, right? Like, And I don't even know that it's growth. We're just in a pretty awkward spot as a country right now. And there are a lot of people that are disgruntled and unhappy mm-hmm. with the direction that our country's in. Yes. So it's all really just a matter of perspective because I'm sure even though that may slightly affect your experience here, Mm -hmm. you still seem to be pretty grateful to be here regardless of all the craziness that's going on. Yes, that is for sure. Well, I mean, every country will be like that. You'll see the good side of it. You'll see the bad side of it. But, you know, if your priorities are the liberty, the freedom you're going to have here, then I'm happy with what I'm provided with. Just like how you meet a person and then you see their good size, yes, you fall in love, but then you start to see the bad size too. But then if you choose to oh stay, no, what did I do? I, <laughs> if, <laughs> I'm gonna tell your wife. But if you choose <laughs> to stay, then you know, it's really that you like that country. Um, but I think life 
is hard enough sometimes.、Yeah. So you don't have to make it harder by your negative attitude. That's why I always try to be positive and see the best things in everything. I think it all comes down to your priorities and your core values. So you know, of course, we have different opinions in our country, absolutely, in the U.S., because people are very encouraged to express their own different opinions. You know, we were taught in school that no matter how different your opinion is, feel free to express it. You know, we like the diversity, we value it. So of course, people might have extremely different opinion from each other, but、um, if we can still find like a medium where we can compromise. And we can focus and prioritize on the greatest good, the greatest good for everyone. Then it'll be a different story, I think. Absolutely, I think that's kind of what that there is a big necessity for finding that middle ground and compromise in order to ensure that the future is prosperity、mm-hmm. and continuation of that liberty, the freedom, and the rights. Right, and yeah.、Um, Yeah, so、uh, we haven't. You haven't had that like, what am I doing here? Moment. Should I go back home? You haven't had that yet. No, never. Well, I got. I actually got scammed. What? When I was in college, right before I graduated, and I lost like, like some thousand bucks, like a thousand something bucks. What? I was desperated. Because I was na- I'm a naive person. Like I trust everyone. I have hope for everything. So whenever I got scammed, I was just like, oh, I'm crying. I was crying a lot. How did you get scammed? I was scared. Oh, um, that person called me from, what is it, the USCIS, which is like the immigration、uh, department. Okay. And then they just. You know, told me that I didn't do my paperwork and stuff like that, and they were very professional in that too. That was my first time, and I didn't know better, and so I got into their scam, and they, you know, got my money. I was very sad, but even at that point, I, I didn't even lose hope in、yeah. the country. I still think there's there's better things out there. When did you realize that you were scammed? Whenever they got me like five hundred bucks or something、okay. out of the gift cards that they make me buy,、uh, I was like, "Why are they being so pushy? This doesn't make any sense." Because they 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 were intimidating, and、yeah. I was scared. So they attacked that point of me, and then I, you know, I couldn't think logically. Yeah, especially for a matter of like you being able to stay in the country. That's pretty. That's, That's scary. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. am I gonna be kicked out of this country? That's scary. You know what was crazy? On the phone, there's even sirens, like the police thing. Like they were playing sirens. Yes. They're coming to get you. Yeah.、Train. I was really scared. I know. I'm naive. I'm sorry that that happened to you, though. That yeah. Thank you. Anytime I get someone on the phone like that,、uh-huh. I go out of my way to have some fun with them. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you've ever seen any videos of people trolling scammers, right? Yeah, my boyfriend would do that too. I I'm, I go out of my way to have fun with them. I'm like, man, if you're gonna take some time out of my day today, we're gonna make sure that this is a fun experience. Yep, I'll do the me, same. Yes, at the very least. <laughs>、mm-hmm. I've even seen some people. I'm not very technologically savvy,、mm-hmm. but I've even seen some people that will like reverse. Hack or reverse scam? No way! And start pulling money from the scammer, right? And there's one video I I can't remember who the guy was that had done this, but、uh, 
the scammer is visibly upset or or vocally upset. You can hear him because he is shouting in his phone. Why would you do this? Why would you do this? Imagine how the people feel that you're scamming every day. Yeah, I know. That's terrible. I'm sorry that happened to you. Thank you so much. That's okay. I learned my lesson. That's the worst thing that's happened to you in, in the U.S., though? So far, yes. Okay. That's pretty light. Because I'm sure that they're, even for people that are that are born here, they probably have worse stories than that. So if that is the only, if that's the worst thing that's happened to you, that is the worst that I wish upon you. Thank I hope you. that the remainder of your experience here is absolute bliss. Um, yeah. What? So what does that look like? You're, are you still, you've graduated college? Yes. Okay. So are you still on a student visa or are you on a work visa now? Uh, yes, I'm still on student visa okay. because I'm going to go back to grad school this August. Let's go. Yep. What, uh, you got your bachelor's? Yes. What did you get your bachelor's in? Psychology. Okay, which is why you're here in the first place. Yes. Okay, and now you're going to get your master's. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? Are you taking like a specialty in psychology? Yes, um, okay. it's going to be industrial psychology. Okay. So think of human resources personnel, HR, talent management, okay. um, employee performance evaluation and stuff like that, executive consultant. I have a friend who graduated with um, industrial psychology and they are working for AI resource, human resources right now. Really? Yes. That's very cool, right? Okay. So that is something that you would aspire to do, work for a bigger company like that? Uh, yes, I would like a job um, that will offer me some traveling time because just like you, I do like travel. I do um, like to learn about other countries and cultures, okay. different parts of the U- United States. You know, I'm very I'm a very curious person. And that job would afford you the ability to travel. Yes. OK, that's a big thing, mm-hmm. especially when you've dedicated so much time to school. You definitely want to make sure that that job is everything that you want. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like school a lot. Yeah, I think clearly. Um, yes. <laughs> You're crazy. As soon as I was out of high school, I was like, "Yeah, I'm done." Do I look like a nerd sometimes? No, not really. It depends on like what a nerd is to you. And for for me, I envision freckle face, <laughs> big bifocal glasses. Definitely the total opposite of you. So so you're fine. You passed the nerd check. Thank you so much. I'm glad. Well, I like to study a lot. I feel like I'm not too good at making money, but studying, I will enjoy it. Like, I will have no difficulties with it. Yeah, that's good. That's a good habit to have. Yes. I don't like to study. Mm, yeah. The last time that I really had to study and apply myself, um, I went and got my personal training certification. Mm-hmm. And it's something where you can set aside like six to eight months, really study and digest the, the content of everything you're learning Mm -hmm. and then you can go and take a test it's all on your own time something that usually takes six to eight months took me about a year year and a half Uh, yeah i think you are more like a person who gets out there get hands-on experience and i think you are very good at you know some practical practices yeah yes like just kind of doing stuff yeah and get good at it that is my preferred way of learning Mm -hmm. is being immersed in it yes in the industry in the task whatever it is that i'm interested in being immersed in it being a part of it that's Mm -hmm. the best way to learn in my opinion 
I am not a sit down, read a textbook, <laughs> take it. notes yeah, and highlight homework. kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. And don't get me wrong. I like to read. Right. Mm-hmm. But I like to read about things that I like, not necessarily like in order to. Yes. What do you like to read? Uh, so right now uh, I am reading um, a book called The 48 Laws of Power. Mm. And not all of it applies to me, but there are some things in this book that have helped me elevate my social ability. So like whether it's conversation um, or how like it, it has a lot to do with psychology, mm-hmm. understanding the psychology of the people you interact with and how that relates back to your agenda and your individual goal. Um, so that's currently what I'm kind of picking through. Uh, I'll be real honest with you. My attention on my free time has been consumed by Formula One racing um, and up until the beginning of the week, basketball. Mm. Unfortunately, my favorite basketball team kind of choked in the uh, NBA championship game and they lost. Yeah, do, do you Which watch one? Celtics? Oh, I'm a huge Celtics fan. I We're not uh, going to talk about it too much because it's yeah. still kind of a sore spot. But are, are you a basketball fan? I I actually am. Really? I watched Hustle yesterday. Really? The movie Adam Sandler. It's a really good movie. Yes, I saw your story on Facebook about the movie or yeah. your post. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and watch it. I was a huge basketball fan when I uh, first came here because I watched it a lot with my host uh, dad. Okay. Yeah, and so I just started to like it so much. I got like very intense and aggressive. Like, shoot, what are you doing? <laughs> oh my gosh. There was a lot of that this past week for me, unfortunately. Yes, yes, yeah. I can imagine. And the best thing about that movie is that they have the real basketball players. Mm-hmm. That's a uh, that's a very good movie. Yeah. So um the. The gentleman that's with Adam Sandler the whole time, he's actually a professional basketball player. He played in Spain's professional league, mm-hmm. uh, and then he he's over here in the states. He plays with Utah Jazz now. Um, Juancho Hernan Gomez is his name. Mm-hmm. He's got a brother that also plays in the NBA here. So I thought it was just cool because I didn't know that he was an an NBA player. Figured maybe he played overseas. Yeah, uh, but it was cool getting to watch him in the story develop mm-hmm. and then also learning that like he's had a real story from growing up in Spain to making it over to the States and playing in the league. Yeah. So that was something that actually transcended this fictional movie. I thought that that was like mm-hmm. cherry on the top for me. That's a real cool story. Yes. I enjoyed the movie a lot too. And speaking of sports, I want to mention one of the differences between our country, Vietnam and the United States. In my country, sports, the only biggest one is soccer. Really? As you can, yeah, as you can guess, because we're not that big on basketball, foo- football, or other types of sports. Yeah. You know, we're not that huge fan of sports. But in here, you can see that when you, you know, put your kids to school, you have them to practices too. Mm-hmm. Like sports are like a big thing here. It's a very big thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you, did you play any sports over in Vietnam? No, like not at all. I was such a nerd who always just like went to school, come back home, hang out with my friends. And that's pretty much it for my student life. Yeah. Yeah, And then whenever I first uh, came here, it's a big change. I went to a small high school in Michigan, so we didn't have that many people for a basketball team. Okay. But we would like to play. So somehow 
my uh, host mom, she convinced me to join the team, even though I have no body coordination. <laughs> and I went to practice the first day for conditioning, and I almost fainted. Oh my goodness! I never forget <laughs> that feeling. It's like Not everything just falling, and everything just started to be, you know, white, and I couldn't see very well. And mm -hmm. I just like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> But. For some reason, I survived the basketball season. Okay, let's I go. I made some shots. Let's go. Uh, yeah, there was that one time. It was hilarious. We play another school, and you know, people were just like the families, the teachers. They were just like vouching for me to make my first shot. And I think that one girl at the other team knew about that too. So whenever I was like trying to take my shot, she's taller than me. She can definitely one hundred twenty-five percent. Can block that shot, but she just stood there and watched me make it. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. She was let's so go. so nice about it, and everyone was like cheering for me, and yes. I was really happy too. That was a huge moment. Yeah, something you'll remember forever. Histor historically, moment. and that is the so outside of like the competitive nature of sports. Mm -hmm. That's another aspect of sports here in the U.S. Yes. that I think people find satisfaction in right because there's a lot of those moments from little league to, pro to to the professional level of people achieving things that have been deemed impossible right whether it's making it to a level that people are telling you you can't because of physical ability mm -hmm. or background or even just seeing someone who's had a hard time making it yeah make their first shot that's mm -hmm. a huge moment that's awesome yes That's the best thing I like about sports because it's it's more of a mental game, like you would think. Whenever I practice, I really had to push my limits, and then at that point, I realized that limits are just something you create for yourself. You can break it, you can create another limit or no limit at all. And um, some of the skills I, some of the mental skills I learn in sports, uh, translate into real life. Absolutely, make me, make me tougher. You know, go through all the stress. Well, to be honest with you, when I, w when I was on the team, I was the worst one. I was always the bench warmer, you know, not really had a many chances to play. But um, when I play, I did try my best, but still in practices, you know, I kept fa falling behind, you know, other girls, they had the foundation, they played before, they were better than me. So a lot of, a lot of days I would just go out, you know, go home cry in the shower but still telling myself to be stronger you got this it's just a lot of you know getting through the stress the Absolutely. pressure yeah that's awesome though so safe to say though that you didn't try to play collegiately basketball was it done after high school yeah i was okay. so glad the basketball season was over i'm like mm, okay my duty is done here did you play that one season and you were done or did you play no i played the whole season throughout okay. the school year okay and then i did track and meet too because one more time we needed some person <laughs> okay but the fact of the matter that and i guess that comes back to the values that you were saying you had back in vietnam right Despite your shortcomings, despite your, you know, your inability, you sucked it up and you took one for the team because they needed that, right? And you went and did the dang thing. And you scored points. You got some stats, you know what I'm saying? How, how was track so for you? Was track fun? Uh, it was really fun. It's 
I think it was one of the most difficult uh, difficult thing I've learned in sport too. Okay. Because I did long distance. Okay, like the running. Yes, the running. It's okay. long distance running. Um, but whenever you did the long distance, it's really it's really a big mental game because at some point I just really wanted to stop right there. I didn't want to run anymore and my legs just like hey i'm done i'm not gonna go with you anymore <laughs> this is too much of a torture for me but you you still have to keep going yep. because that's what i'm supposed to do you know so i keep pushing myself and it's just a very valuable lesson for me absolutely yeah and i think that's the cool thing again about sports because a lot of us don't make it to that professional level but we can always draw those life lessons, those practical lessons that we get from sports and from competition, mm -hmm. and we can bring those over into our life. Yes, that's for sure. Um, did you play any sports at school? I did. Um, growing up, I played football. I think that was like the first organized sport that I played. We're in West Texas. Football is a huge thing. Yeah. And um, How did you think about it? Was it as violent as you thought it would be? Well, when I was when I was younger, there was less of a focus on reducing the damage that we take as athletes playing football. Mm -hmm. Like there was an emphasis on how to hit and tackle safely to mitigate damage mm -hmm. to your neck and to your spinal cord and to reduce concussions. Mm -hmm. But there wasn't a huge focus on the impact what it does to us and to our brains and the technology wasn't as developed as it is today now helmets are so advanced compared to what we had and even compared to what they had what people had previous to me mm -hmm. um but now also you know and i feel like this is a thing across all professional sports like the refereeing um you know, there's, I feel like there's more penalties now for plays that you make that wouldn't have been a big deal in the past. And uh, if I was fortunate enough to be good enough to play professionally, that would probably be the biggest takeaway from when I was younger to now because I, I love playing football. Mm. I love getting sweaty. I love making plays. I love cheering on my teammates. And I think most importantly, I loved getting snacks afterwards. But uh, I, that's probably the reason that I never made it pros because I was more concerned with the snacks. So. Yes. As a sports viewer, I sometimes think there is a very thin boundary between pure good sports and making money. That's true. That's true. Uh, and and, and uh, just depending on your perception of it, right, here in the U.S., I think professional sports is definitely aimed at providing entertainment and making the most money mm -hmm. you know because outside of so like here our sports analytics it's based all on statistics so if we don't have an athlete in a moment to talk about their performance we seem to be talking about the money that athletes are making and here in the united states you have players across all sports baseball basketball mm -hmm. soccer football that are making tens of and hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. playing sports. Mm -hmm. um, let me ask you for, so you said soccer is a big thing in Vietnam. Yes. A very big thing. Is there not a variation of like 
combat or mixed martial arts that can be tied back to Vietnam? Because I know, like, in Thailand, kickboxing is a huge thing, and Muay Thai is a huge thing. Mm. Is there not something like that in Vietnam? Well, martial arts, it's not that kind of as popular as to the point where, you know, they're, like, a lot on TV, you're, like, competing and stuff like that. There is one traditional martial art that is very popular in the central region of my country okay but uh, people would just go there and learn the martial arts for you know self-defense and stuff like that not so much competition and we're gonna go and fight each other yeah yeah for recognition not yeah i have a question for you okay so just like you i'm also curious about how you know you you would be curious about my own country Mm -hmm. what is one of the things that you wanted to know about my country um I'm a big foodie, so I am interested to know what the cuisine is like because mm-hmm. I'm sure it varies from north to south and central and west to east. Specifically in your region, what is yes. the cuisine like? Goodness, thank you. You read my mind. You picked the perfect <laughs> topic to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love food. Me too. We talk another hour about food if we need to. <laughs> yeah, I do love food a lot. Um, That's one of the reasons why I like traveling because I want to try different cuisines. So, food in my country, there are tons and thousands of variations. We, because we're a big agriculture country, so we grow our own veggies and stuff like that. So, um, a typical meal of a typical Vietnamese family a day is we're going to have soup, like some sort of veggie soup, and then rice. Rice is a staple thing that we have to have every day, okay. every meal. I grew tired of it. Breakfast, when, lunch, and dinner. Uh, yeah, pretty much, really? pretty much. We tend to have very heavy breakfast, too. Really? I'm a big breakfast guy. You are. I love breakfast. Okay, yeah. When I have time to make it. <laughs> when do you have time, though? Well, in the weekdays, it's a little bit it's a little bit harder because there's a little bit of a time crunch, especially mm-hmm. because I value the small six, seven hours of sleep that I can get in a weeknight. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, like... Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, if I get the chance, I'm going to make a good breakfast. That's good. Bacon, eggs, maybe some French toast or pancakes. Yeah. So, yeah, we will we'll tend to have very heavy breakfast, uh, pho, banh mì. So, I will show you all of those uh, foods in a minute. And um, a typical meal would be some sort of veggie soup, rice, and then side dish and main di- dish. Uh, main dish could be, you know, um, pork, beef fish or and the side dish could be you know uh veggies some sort like that but uh you will see the common thing is we we are big in fiber okay like we have fresh veggies every single meal okay we're big in carbs here in the u.s (laughs) we love our carbs yeah so we i think we (laughs) tend to like home-cooked meals more than here okay because you know how we have lots of fast food chains here everyone is busy they value their time yeah so, you know, fast food is a very convenient thing. But to me, when I grew up in Vietnam, it's it's big to be healthy, to eat veggies, um, fresh fruits and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's good. really cheap to eat healthy, too. Yeah. It's because we, we are self-sufficient in uh, agricultural products. They are not too expensive. And that's the thing here is... Uh, I don't know what the population density is like where you're from, mm-hmm. but with so many people in such an industrialized 
region, we don't have that. At least it's not as abundant as like the supermarket and fast food options. But we don't have that like direct from source option, right? Like we've got a farmer market here in San Angelo. Yes. Saturday mornings, if you want those fresh vegetable fruit options and those homegrown or homemade options, mm-hmm. you can go and get them. But, but it's not as abundant as yes. going to HEB and picking out your produce there, mm-hmm. which still isn't a bad option. So that that's a big thing for my households. We love our fruits. We love our vegetables. Um, yeah, but don't you think that it's a little bit more expensive to get those, you know, organic and healthy fruits, it is veggies? Because and stuff? we've labeled it and made it that way, right? Shouldn't be that way, but because there's a label to it, oh, it's organic. It's better for you. Mm-hmm. Spend more money on it. Okay, I will spend more money on it, right? So, whereas over over where you're from, you know that it's the best option because you've grown it or you've watched it yeah. grow. And you know the person that may have made it for you, right? A mm-hmm. little bit different situation here with it being just so industrialized. Um, let me ask you this. What is your favorite meal from back home? Uh, you're probably going to have hundreds of answers. Okay. Um, I like anything has to do with noodles. Okay. I don't like rice a lot uh, just because I had it every day. So I just grew tired of it. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. But, you know, we have a lot of different variations of foods that is related to noodles. For example, we have uh, bún bò huế, bún ngàn, bún thang, bún thịt nướng, phở, hủ tiếu, bánh canh. Oh, goodness, I'm <laughs> drooling. There's a lot, huh? Yes, I swear to you, when I first came here my first year, I didn't miss my parents as much as I missed the food. <laughs> oh. Goodness. To Trin's parents, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> have you uh, have you found any authentic variations of those foods here in San Angelo or here in the States? Oh, uh, not not really in the state. It's part of the reason is because I don't get to go outside of San Angelo a lot because okay. I just caught up in work and studying, you know. Um, but I heard that in California, they have very good Vietnamese food because there are a bigger Vietnamese community there. Okay. So I would love to go there and try. And my friends from Cali, they also said that they're good authentic food too. Okay. Probably because of it, of them having a bigger influx of Vietnamese yeah, culture there. I think so too. I, uh, what, so do you mind me asking what got you to San Angelo out of, or, so you said you started in Michigan. Is that the first place that you went to when you made it to the United States was Michigan? No. Okay. It was in um, Hawaii, actually. In Hawaii. Yes. It was a It was a funny story. We had a delay for so many hours because there was a typhoon and where I had to transit to. Um, I had to go from Vietnam, seven hours from Vietnam to Japan. And in Japan, I had to be there for like 12 hours because there was a typhoon not safe enough to fly. Okay. So I slept at the airport in an, in a sleeping bag because all the hotels uh, over there were full. Yeah. And in the morning, we took a subway to downtown Tokyo to see? see stuff, to eat ramen and all that. I just kind of enjoy my life. I'm like, it's delay. Uh, no big deal. And then uh, from Japan, we had a fly of 12 hours to Hawaii. And in Hawaii, I had a layover for seven hours, another delay. And um, lucky me, I met a group of friends who are also traveling to um, 
other places in the United States. Okay. And they stopped in Hawaii. And uh, we all together rented a car. And we went to Pearl Harbor. Really? For sightseeing, yes. Okay. Yeah. And then um, after that, I was in Michigan. Okay. And Michigan is where you planted your roots at first. Yes. That's where you finished high school. Yes. Okay. Where in Michigan? Grand Rapids. In Grand Rapids? Yes. Okay. And then from Grand Rapids, you graduate high school there. Mm-hmm. And then you come to An- Angelo State here in San Angelo? No, I went back to my country for okay. a gap year. Okay. Yes. I did a lot of voluntary work there in Vietnam. I okay. worked for a nonprofit organization to teach um, children in remote areas. So um, I didn't like kids back then. No. I thought it was like an awful, an awful job for me. But after that, I love kids. I'm like, oh, how how could I hate those angels back then? <laughs> but uh, it yeah. only takes one. It <laughs> only takes one little devil to ruin your your <laughs> feelings about kids. Uh, exactly. Um, <laughs> yes, but uh, uh, you know, during that time, I prepare for the SAT test. Okay. I prepare for the English certificate test. Um, I, I research all the universities I could afford because my parents, um, my family, we're, in, we're an average family there. We're not too rich. We're not too poor. Just kind average. Middle class. Yeah, we're just average enough. Um, and um, of course, my parents won't be, you know, wealthy enough to afford me big schools, uh, private schools like that. So there was a, after a long time of searching, we were desperate because, you know, there is not a lot of school that would offer, you know, low tuition fee, good scholarship to come. Um, and then I was like crying, being very desperate and disappointed. And I was on Facebook, actually. And then I saw saw an advertisement for ASU. Okay. And um, Crazy how that happens. Huh? I know. Very random. Huh. At the very moment, I was hopeless. You know, that post came up on Facebook while I was just like, you know, searching for fun. And then I started to apply. I got a very good scholarship and the tuition fee is very affordable. I got good education. That's how I ended up here. Okay. Awesome. That's an awesome story. And so you go to ASU. You do your thing at ASU. You now got your bachelor's. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And now you're working on your master's. You're about to start working on your master's. Yes. Yes. Any plans of going home in the near future? Yeah, I want to go home next summer. Okay. So that way I can just try all the foods I have missed. Okay, fair enough. And you planning on being there for another year? Or is it going to be a little bit of a shorter vacation? It's just going to be a month or two. Okay. Yeah, because I want to come back here, work a little bit, and, you know, uh, continue my studying too. And all of your family's back in Vietnam. You don't have any family here in the States, do you? That's correct. Okay. Do you, does it get hard being away from your family for so long? Or do you kind of find peace in the fact of knowing you're here for a purpose and it's not a permanent thing? Uh, well, my dream was to have a dual citizenship. Okay. That's how much I like the United States. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I do plan to stay here for a long, long time, if not long enough for, for me to, you know, get very professional at the field I pursue. Um, but, uh, I am not too much of a family oriented person. Okay. Um, I'm more career oriented. It doesn't mean I don't love my family. Absolutely. But I don't have to be there with them or close to them every single day. Absolutely. Um, I, I am at peace of my mind that my parents are, have an open mind. 
They support every decision I made. They never force me to do this or that. They always support me, even though, um, even though that means I'm far away from them and they're gonna miss me from time to time. Um, but you know, with that mindset, I feel like I have the motivation and the strength and the courage to keep going. It gets really hard at times, especially when you get sick and no one's there for you to baby you. Oh yeah. yes, because at that point you just want your parents to take care of you. And why you get better. Yeah. I get that. Mm -hmm. Do you have any brothers or sisters? I have a younger brother. Okay. And that's it. It's just you two. Yes. Okay. How old is your younger brother? He's 20 years old. He's okay. in college. Okay. And is he here in the States too or is he in Vietnam? He's in Vietnam. Okay. He's the opposite of me. Okay. That happens to lots of siblings, right? It It's usually, yeah, one wants to be different. It's either one wants to be the exact same or they want to be totally different. Yeah, for sure. My um, my brother doesn't like to uh, study abroad. I think he likes to stay in Vietnam and you know be closer to my family. Okay. What do what is he studying over in Vietnam? Um, physical therapy. Not really physical therapy. Like kind of like PE. Okay. Physical education. Okay. Yes, he does street workout and he has great muscles. Really? I'm so jealous. Yeah, I wish I could do that. Um, so the, in Vietnam, is English a big language over there or is it a, is it kind of a tricky thing for you to go back and, you know, be caught up in speaking English or is it pretty easy for you to get back to like your native roots? Uh, it's a very good question because at times I'm going to be on FaceTime with my family and I couldn't find the Vietnamese words. My parents don't speak English. Okay. So, you know, we were talking in Vietnamese and I was just froze for five seconds because I couldn't find the word and I had to go on Google Translate to translate the English word to the Vietnamese word. Huh. It's embarrassing, but it's like uh, it's like two modes in your head yep. and you have to switch from one to another. But the process of switching is kind of, you know, lacking sometimes. Yeah, it's... <laughs> So, yeah, so for me, right, I experienced that. Um, unfortunately, my Spanish isn't exactly where I would like for it to be. And I think it's because I kind of have an issue with those two modes, switching from English to Spanish and being able to find the right word yeah. from English to Spanish. Uh, but the fact of the matter is you probably have those two. I mean, your English is great. Thank you very much. Regardless of the time that you spent here, right, your English is great. Um, and your Vietnamese is obviously that comes natural to you. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like your knowing and mastering of two languages helps you develop academically? Because, you know, they say if you know multiple languages, it makes you smarter. Mm. Yeah, in some way, I think so. That's I was going to ask you if you want to raise your kids uh, bilingual. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, I yeah. like it too. Absolutely. Um, because whenever you learn two different languages, you have to be quick in your brain. Um, whenever I had to do my English test, I used to translate from English to Vietnamese. But when I get to the point where I don't have to do that anymore, English just comes as naturally as my own language. And, you know, the quick process that you train your brain to do while you're studying two languages at the same time or more than two languages at the same time, it helps a lot with, you know, picking up things. It helps you learn faster. Okay. Do you know any other language besides English and Vietnamese? A little bit Korean. Of Korean? Yes. Okay. And um, Chinese movies uh, were 
like a big thing in Vietnam back then. Okay. We were invaded by Chinese for like over a thousand years. Okay. So, um, you know, Chinese cultures and movies are a big influence. And so I knew a little bit of, I know a little bit of Chinese terms too. Okay. Um, I tried to learn at one point, but then I got busy. So I kind of quit. And then I have four classes in Spanish during college. But unfortunately, I forgot everything. <laughs> <laughs> Spanish wasn't your forte? Oh, it's it's fun to learn. Like, it's it's real easy. It's kind of similar to um, English. Yep. But um, I just didn't have time and the person to practice with. That's fair. That's fair. You just got to find any random Mexican to speak Spanish to, and they'll give you all the practice you need. They speak so fast. <laughs> they do. They do. And the, the craziest thing for me is... Um, when I get that look from a Hispanic person where they're like, no habla espanol? ¿Por qué no habla espanol? Why don't you know Spanish? You're Mexican. I'm like, man, I get it. My mom was white, okay? She wasn't teaching me a whole lot of Spanish growing up. Yeah. But um, it 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 would definitely be nice to know Spanish. I, I'll be honest with you, too. I've kind of always wanted to learn, like, Italian Oh, yeah. And yes. I feel like because it would be e so if I could master Spanish, I feel like it would make it easier to learn Italian because of the similarities yes. from Italian to Spanish. Yeah, because the root is Latin, isn't it? Yep. So, yeah, that will have similarities too. But yeah, learning different languages uh, have uh, huge benefits. I wasn't this confident back then, but you know, learning English, I had to be out there conver having conversation with foreigners to be able to better at my speaking skills. That's when I got, you know, more confident and more open-minded because I get to hear different perspective, different experience that people have in their own country. Um, yeah, a lot of practical benefits of learning languages absolutely especially if you plan on being here and pursuing a professional career it's probably pretty important mm -hmm. that you have the ability and then two you'll probably find yourself getting paid a little bit more for knowing multiple languages especially if you're ever in a position where you're working internationally yeah maybe you have to do some business with someone back home in vietnam that that's definitely a big cue mm -hmm. um you know, talking about school is fun. Talking about work is fun. Talking about being a professional is fun. Um, but I am an individual that loves his hobbies. And I love to do things that take my mind away from the daily stress of work and yes. professionalism. I understand that you're a guitar player. Yes, I do play guitar. Would you say professionally? Like you could shred on some electric guitar? I wish I could. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I started learning guitar when I was in ninth grade. I went to my best friend's house and she had a guitar. Uh, she taught me to play a few notes on it. And I was like, oh, I'm into this one thing. And um, I told my dad if I got good grades, like straight A's this semester or at the end of the semester, give me a guitar as a gift. And I did it. So I had a guitar I practiced uh, by watching YouTube. Okay. So I can pretty much pull up a song with the chords and just play along. Okay. What's yeah. your favorite song to play? Uh, Top of the World by the Carpenters. By the Carpenters. Yes. Top of the World by the Carpenters. Yes. Just I because it's a very uplifting uh, song. Okay. Is guitar the only instrument that you know how to play? I just started to learn piano. Okay. Because my boyfriend has an organ at his house, and I spend some time 
learning it, I can play "Fly Me to the Moon and River Flows in You" by Yuma right really? now. Really? Yes, it's really cool learning all those stuff. Yeah, "River Flows in You" is probably one of my favorite. You know that too. Yeah, yeah. So one of the first instruments I learned how to play was the piano, the keyboard, oh. self-taught. Yes. So I was blessed enough one Christmas, my grandma, uh, my Mimi, excuse me. Mm. Um, this is what I call my my white grandma's Mimi. Uh, what do you call your grandparents in Vietnam? Uh, just Amba. Amba. That's right. Oh, good pronunciation. Okay. And then if it's on the mother's side, it's Amwai Bangwai. If it's on the other, like my dad's side, it's going to be Amnoi Banoi. Okay. So we have um, a lot of different pronouns to address older people by age or i mean you know just different people by their age and their gender okay. and their roles in their family okay well i was blessed enough by my grandparents to get a keyboard Yay. electronic keyboard i set that thing up and i'm playing on it the rest of the day had it for a real long time and i learned um river flows in you awesome i learned um there, there's a, there's a few other ones and, and so it's been a while since I've played piano. After piano, I picked up drums, mm. and I think dr drums is obviously it's probably the first instrument to have ever been played, because we have, you know, drums that are just built into us. We can make oh, yeah. that drum off of the off of our body, and so I was always beating on something as a kid. I ended up going into middle school, joining band. I get my first drum pad, so now I'm playing on drums. Nice. I learned the snare. I learned the toms. I tried to learn guitar, and I'm sure it's something that I could pick up with a focused effort, but I tried to learn it when I was younger, mm -hmm. and I had ADHD, and I have ADHD, and yeah. it was a little bit tricky for me to work between the strum and the notes, the chords. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um. And for whatever reason, I didn't have that issue going from piano. I don't know what, from that transition, why it was an issue for me. But I gave up on guitar. I would really like to learn saxophone. Oh, yes. Like the alto sax. Uh-huh. The sound is amazing. Oh, yeah. But um, I feel like it's it needs a lot of breathing techniques to it. Yeah. When you start to get to, like, the reed instruments yeah. yeah but i think you are good at learning instruments it seems like um you have learned a lot do you like to sing too uh i love to sing whether or not i sound good when i sing is a <laughs> whole other thing yeah and uh I, i'll i'll let you in on a little secret i did have a brief rap career at one point i do have some music and a music video out there on oh YouTube my gosh for the people that have seen it Keep that gym to yourself. <laughs> I'll share it with you once we're done Do you here. have a rap name too? Yeah, I just went by Sean Austin. I didn't really ever have like a Lil Sean or you yeah, know, nothing like that. Yeah, but no. uh, So I, did, I, I do like to rap and to sing. Nice. Um, um, karaoke is a very big thing in my country. Is it? Yes. Whenever I come visit my uh, family, the first thing we'll do is to go to the karaoke and we'll just sing and then see who has the highest score. Okay. Yes, but we'll lie to do that. And you can see there's a karaoke system, you know, great speaker, microphones in almost every family in Vietnam. Really? It's like a must. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's like a must thing. There uh, is some karaoke in um, Austin, I think, like yeah. in bigger city, yeah. Dallas. 
We've yeah. got karaoke bars here too. There's one right up the street. So if you like karaoke, there's some spots here for it. Oh, okay, for sure. You gotta go check those out. <laughs> do you like to sing? I do actually. Okay, you have a pretty good singing voice. Uh, I would say average. Okay. Mm, yeah, good enough to not offend people's ears. Okay, good. Yes. As long as people aren't getting up out of their seat <laughs> to leave when you sing, that's always a good feeling. Yeah, I have uh, shower concerts every day. Yeah. Those do you are the like best. that? I do. Just sing in the shower. Yeah. I do. Those are the best. For sure. Just I also get some pretty good thoughts in on the showers. Mm-hmm. I think of some real ridiculous stuff that'll never leave the shower, but I've also had some of my best ideas in the shower too. So mm-hmm. I don't know what that is about the shower. It's relaxing. And whenever you don't have stress or pressure in your mind, you're uh, more able to think clearly. Huh. And that's when ideas are generated. Okay. I do have some great ideas in the shower, too. Okay. I can relate. <laughs> Got that psychology major coming through now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. Other than playing guitar, do you have any other interests that you're currently exploring? Yes, um, I like origami a lot. Okay. The paper art, yep. The paper folding art from Japan. I uh, I got like a whole set with different types of papers with different types of patterns, and I even want to start, um, you know, doing, doing like a TikTok videos mm-hmm. of origami. It's just I feel like I need some positivity. Like I want to spread posi- positivity to other people. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was I was thinking my first video I was I was gonna fold a uh, a sunflower. Okay. It's very intricate folding. Can you do that? Yeah, it takes a lot of time. They have uh you know that kind of graph for you to follow too, like instruction. Okay. And charts and graphs like that, and uh, my caption would be like, "You shine like a sun, and you are beautiful as a flower." Okay yeah why haven't you done that yet oh i wish i could i was uh, looking up like camera equipment for that because i want to show them like how i fold As the you thing fold too. It? yeah okay you know what you need and i have one that you could probably even borrow right it wouldn't bother me any mm. gopro and then with the gopro they have and i've got it too which is perfect so now we're about to make you a tiktok creator <laughs> and if you go viral just give me a little bit of credit but yeah. GoPro chest mount. It's perfect because you can even set up your phone to watch the camera on your phone so you can make sure that your hands are visible oh. and your folds are visible. That's, that's, that's the best cool. way to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. what's stopping you now if I let you borrow the camera? Oh, I'm just going to do it. You Make myself to. famous. You have to. Then you'll be my guest. Because I haven't seen too many people doing like the origami thing on TikTok. Yeah, or me anywhere. either. Yeah, I I do like uh like it a lot. Not professionally, but something to relax my mind and to, you know, bring out there the positivity and all the good stuff that yeah. people need. People need a lot of that right now in the world. They need a lot of positivity. Yeah, sometime after a long working day, you just want something that will be able to make you smile. Something little but cute. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite thing that you folded so far? Oh... Let me see. I would say the sunflower because that's one of the most difficult thing that I have folded. Okay. Yeah, I've started from the beginner level and then the sunflower. 
there is that one version that is very intricate and needs a lot of detail attention to it um, because each petal will will be folded okay yeah and you know how many petals a sunflower has. so are you taking are you making the sunflower out of one piece of paper yes or, okay are you tearing cutting no it's all folds yes and you're not tearing cutting at all no. You don't introduce another piece of paper for supplemental paper. Uh, no, unless I want to to make like a leaf for the sunflower, okay. then yes, I'll I'll need another piece of paper. But when I do origami, I just I want one piece of paper, no cutting, and no tearing, and not not huh. no gluing, just huh. folding. So not only is it intricate, but you have to be delicate. Yes, you have to. Yeah, it, it gets me in the flow. I have to pay very close attention and every fold that I made, I want to make sure that it's neat. It looks even. It looks nice. Okay. Good crease. There's way more that goes into folding paper because I'll tell you, I would get so frustrated so quick. Folding paper, tear it. Oh, man. Start <laughs> over. Fold yeah. it. Tear it. Oh, I used man. to be like that. I didn't like details at all uh -huh. until I was, you know... Uh, painting the what do you call the little thing that you just paint on uh like a uh, pottery or whatever okay oh like you you had you did pottery oh uh, no, no no like my my host family on the mom's side has a pottery store okay and you know you paint on those things yeah yeah and i did that for a long time and i had to pay very close attention so that's when i started to be more you know detail oriented and when I started my job too, it did help a lot with it. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll be honest, I wasn't always I didn't c always care for quality. Mm -hmm. It was it was always to me what can I get done right in the shortest amount of time possible. And obviously, in a situation or with an attitude like that, quality can kind of take a backseat. Once I bought my house. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to start doing some renovations, you know, like I'm currently, um, we're, we're currently installing a walkway and a garden and a patio in the backyard. Right. And, you know, I built this 12 foot section of fence up here that I'm super duper proud about. Wow. Right. And it looks great. But they do look great. But that's because I wasn't in a, in a rush or I wasn't as concerned about getting it as done as quick as I could because mm -hmm. this is something where... I got to look at it every day. I want it to look good. I want it to have a quality build. And I've kind of found an appreciation in the quality versus trying to just crank out some work. Yep. Um, but I definitely still do have those tendencies where I'm like, oh, my God, I just want to get this done with. Yeah, I do, too, especially when you're tired and exhausted. You just yeah. want it to get it over with. But you know what? When your son grows up, you can just like take him to the fence and show him, hey, son, that's what your dad did back <laughs> then when you were just two months old. Well, I am ready for this kid to be <laughs> old enough to help me. I need some <laughs> help out here, you know? I can't Good. be doing it by myself all the time. So as soon as he's old enough for me to put a shovel in his hand. I'm Get to work, kid. I'm putting a shovel <laughs> in his hand. What... Uh, what would you say the work ethic is like back in Vietnam? Are people pretty like adamant about getting to work as early as they can or it, or does kind of education take a precedence over getting to work? They're pretty relaxed about it. Really? Uh, we have a lot of coffee shops. Coffee is like a very big thing in my country too. Um, so, you know, 
you we know that we would like to pe be here at eight in the morning ready for work not late and stuff like that but in my country you can see a lot of people like around working hours starts seven eight they are still in the coffee shop mm -hmm. chatting and stuff like that so hours i don't think it's too much of a pressure but it also depends on the occupations and the industry they are into but you know the town where i grew up I don't think they are too stressed about the time punctuality in general. Okay. Um, but yeah, the common pathway is um, to get your studies done, go to college, find a good job. That's just the common path. Um, we The trend has been to have startups recently. So it's been uh, very dy dynamic and active for the young people. That's good. Mm -hmm. You definitely have to have that different opportunities yeah i think um the pace is a little bit slower than here in here i can see the difference people uh make use of every single second they have to make money mm -hmm. so it's work all the time um it's faster pace and you get tired more quickly but in my country it's more relaxing you know you go to work um you know just kind of you know pace it out don't have to rush it and um, it's it's good balance between uh work and home, unless you are in some kind of super stressful jobs like doctor or surgeons or stuff like that. Yeah. But you know, normal occupations, it's slower pace. Good, good. Um, now I also understand that you like hiking and being outdoors as well. Uh, I don't know what it's like compared to being here in West Texas where we can have triple digit temps back to back to back. Um, what, what's the nature and outdoor scenery like in Vietnam? Um, so in Texas, do we have desert uh, we do. climate? I, I think it's safe to say we've got a desert climate out here. Yeah. Okay. Especially a little bit farther West. It's just dry and hot, right? Yeah. But okay. farther west, we definitely have, like, the sand dune, what you would envision a desert looking like. Mm -hmm. um, oh here, boy. we're kind of in the middle of that. So not too much of the dryness yeah. and deserts. Okay. Uh, Vietnam has tropical climate. Yeah. So two men season are rainy season and, you know, hot season. So we hot for, like, six months and we're rainy for about that time. Okay. Um, we have a lot of tropical fruits like dragon fruits mm. um yes uh rambutan watermelon oranges watermelon mm -hmm. watermelon grows naturally over there uh it's a tropical fruit really? i think yes we That's have lots sweet. of watermelon for the summer mangoes huh. lychees a lot of durian i don't know if you heard of that uh -uh. okay yeah i'll show you later jackfruit but a lot of tropical fruits for sure and um we have like a lot of greenness okay we don't have a lot of dry areas okay we have floods we have greenness um we have a lot of beaches too because half of our country is you know the the ocean yep lots of um we have mountains too okay i figured there were some mountains up in the northern region probably yes, right? yes for sure a lot of mountains over there very beautiful waterfalls and all that stuff so we have all kinds of stuff beaches mountains um but but the but the most common color is green you can see it's just like very green all the time so it's probably a pretty big shock for you to be here <laughs> yes yeah. it's such a big change everything looks 
kind of dry, you know, and kind of yeah. sad at times. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, you've got to find the beauty in in being out here, and there are plenty of beautiful spots. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you, one of the things that I like to do to find those spots is get on the water, especially in an area like San Angelo, where mm. a lot of our entertainment revolves around the lake that we have here and the rivers that we have here yeah and the fishing that we have here we do have some some or several great fishing spots around san angelo um yeah but if it doesn't pertain around water in the summertime it's usually pretty hard to enjoy being outdoors in west texas that's just really hard i don't do really well under the heat i can um i can endure the cold very well okay but the heat it's just like five minutes out there in the sun. It gets hard to breathe. Yeah, it's uh, I'll tell you, I've I've been here my whole life, and it doesn't get any more enjoyable. Yeah, like you cannot like still this. get used to it. I like the cold. Me too. I would prefer for it to be freezing cold than it for for it to be blazing hot. Yeah. Just because I can put on as many layers as I need to to be comfortable in the winter time. Mm-hmm. You can only take off so many clothes before it's like, hey, man, you're breaking the law. Put something back on, please. Yes, you that's know? my reason, too. Um, yeah, no, so there there still is some beauty to be found in Texas. Mm-hmm. Where at? Where all in Texas have you been? I have been to Austin, Dallas, Fredericksburg, um, the Big Bend State Park. Is oh, it National Park? There? Yep. Oh, okay, Big Bend uh where else i i've been to big spring which is a small town too abilene um yeah midland so you've traveled yeah you've seen all kinds of parts of texas then um the lost maple state if you have time please take your wife there during the fall because where is it it's called lost maple state park okay i don't know like the city where it it is in but um it's a beautiful state park because they have maple trees, a lot of maple trees over there. And, you know, maple change colors yep. during the fall. Yep. It's so pretty. You can do camping there and just, you know, stargazing at night and in the morning, wake up to orange, beautiful trees, leaves. That's perfect. Have you gone camping? I have not. No? Not even once in my life. Really? I really want to Is go. that not a thing in Vietnam, camping? Not really a thing in Vietnam. Really? Maybe for rich, wealthy kids. Really? They get to they get to go in the summer, but for me, an average family, I didn't really get to go huh. during my childhood. Yeah. You know, it's almost it's almost uh, the opposite here because it's like a common thing here, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It, you get almost. I I'm willing to bet if we took a poll in my neighborhood, just about everyone in the neighborhood's gonna have a tent and some camping gear. And they could be ready to go out and camp in 30 minutes if we wanted to set up a trip. That's amazing. Yeah, I love camping. Me too. So my wife had never been camping prior to us dating. Oh. And I got to take her camping for the first time ever. And my first time camping was like at the lake here in San Angelo. Mm -hmm. Her first time camping was 10,000 feet up in the mountains of Colorado beautiful lake oh beautiful mountains yes I, I mean it's and we've it's so beautiful and we've enjoyed this spot so much that we've gone back three times now really where is it bear lake campground in colorado it's right outside of la vista colorado mm-hmm. Ten thousand feet up you're in a valley 
so beautiful, so peaceful. I will have to save it. And that that's probably been like the more glamour glamorous camping that I've done. Mm-hmm. But I gotta tell you, even just like getting the tent, cooking fire, cooking your meals over a fire, throwing out a, a line and fishing, right? That that uh, there's something so rewarding to me personally, being able to disconnect from the world. Yes. Remove myself from all the craziness going on and mm-hmm. just kind of like isolate myself to that one particular moment yes especially in my day-to-day hustle and bustle it is so hard for me being the individual i am and having the the i wouldn't say ailments but the the mental holdbacks right just not being able to focus Mm -hmm. um and not being able to be present in the moment when i can go camping or when i can do this podcast or when i go work out those are the small times that I can do that. Be a part of the moment. Yes. Um, girl, you need to go camping. I know. I really You want cannot to. leave <laughs> Texas without going camping. The next time that we plan a trip, I'm calling you. And For you sure. and your boyfriend are welcome to come and join us. Okay, I promise. Yeah, yeah. We so we have the state park here in yes. San Angelo. We have the lake. Um, right now is a prime time to go out, right? Even if it's like a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. You're there until Sunday morning kind of thing. Pitch a tent, camp by the water, make s'mores at the fire, right? You've you've heard of that. I like s'mores a lot. Yeah, so you've had s'mores? Yes, I did. You have not had s'mores until you've made it over a campfire. Oh, it's going to be different. It's different. They taste different. They look different, mm-hmm. right? And you probably appreciate it a little bit more. I mean, don't get me wrong. S'mores are good anytime, anywhere. Yep. But something about a s'more over a campfire is the absolute best yep nothing can beat it yeah i like to escape into the nature yeah it's very good distraction whenever i feel exhausted or you know just don't have energy for other things i would like to go to the nature because like there's no distraction there's no worries there there's no customers who yell at you Mm-mm. and who complain about stuff it's just you and you. So you get to connect within yourself more. And everything restore. else that is uh everything else that's out there with you. It kind of brings like the world to comp- like like you're like holy moly. There's way more to what's going on than what like I experience daily. Yes. There's a whole other world and ecosystem operating. Yeah, that's in amazing, nature. right? Yeah. One of the places I would like to go is Yellowstone. I would I don't love know to go if there you've ever too. seen like videos or pictures, but it seems like wildlife is abundant there. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a bear in person. I've never seen a moose in person. Um, I've seen like elk before, right? But yes. I would love to go to Yellowstone, especially before it erupts, right? Did you know it's a super volcano? Oh yeah, Yellowstone is a super volcano that has been due to erupt for a while now, oh. and. Um, it's believed that when this super volcano erupts, it's going to do some real damage, block out the sun, probably cause like a, a ice age. Like that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So definitely need to go before Yellowstone Where is erupts. Uh, Wyoming? Wyoming. I think. Oh, cool. Someone is calling me an idiot right now that's listening if to you're this because they're like, yes. it's not in Wyoming, <laughs> it's here. I'm like, I think it's in Wyoming. You're I'm not passing even, fake news. How yeah, dare you? I'm not even going to fact check myself. That's how confident I am in my <laughs> answer. It's in Wyoming. And if it's not, oh That's well. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Um, well, Trin, we've done an hour and a half. I had a great conversation with you. 
Uh, I appreciate you being here today, sharing the experiences that you've had here in the U.S., sharing your background as it relates to being from Vietnam. I've definitely learned a lot today. Uh, although I may not be able to pronounce any of the foods that you told me about, I am looking forward to being able to trying them. So if we don't have a spot here that you can recommend, you need to whip it up on the stove one of these days for me. Of course. If you ever have a chance to come to Vietnam, I'll be your free tour guide. Yeah. Well, I think when me and Issei tag over to Japan, mm -hmm. since I'm in the area, I might as well have to come over to Yes, yeah, make an Asian tour. Might Just as go well. through all of them. We might as well. Hopefully one day I get the privilege. Trin, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for the conversation. To everyone listening, thank you guys for making it this far. I hope everyone enjoys the rest of their day. Have a blessed week. Until next time. Thank y'all. <laughs> we did it. Heck yeah. Thank you.